podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, this is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 24th of October 2023. My name is Patrick Smith. Thank you for joining us live. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, if you are, thank you for doing so. Got the comments coming down, get involved, send us some messages. We've got a couple of guests, get questions coming in. If you're listening on a podcast, on your normal podcast providers like Spotify or Apple, thank you for doing so. Get in touch with us on Twitter at AVFTB. On this week's show, a week of winning for the Belfast Giants. A win in Europe, a win in the league and a win in a cup. Let's see what happened there, shall we? Um, Kieran Long scored five goals in the last three games and he's going to pop along for a chat, probably a bit annoyed at the picture that we put on Twitter earlier on of him from his Phoenix days. <laughs> uh, next up for the Belfast Giants is the Dundee Stars in the league this time, so uh, we'll be visited by their captain, Dryden Dye, uh, to look ahead to those matchups. Plus, we'll have usual looks around the league, uh, you know, chats and other things, maybe a look back to something that happened in the past, who knows. Mr. McJimsey, it was really good to see you on Saturday. And you, Patrick, I've seen you from one end of the rink and give you the old international sign of, don't have my phone. Don't have my phone. Yeah. So, and you're dead. So it's stuck it and passed back. Thank you to Taff for looking after my stuff and looking after me and feeding me the most amount of tea that a person can drink in four or you, five hours. You were probably getting stuck in on Saturday, getting things, helping sort out, carry things, put, giving like, the lads out their gloves. You were just getting involved. Actually, it was, it was really good fun. And it, it's really humbling to like Taff they let you get involved in something like that because when you're just a fan of the team, it's so nice to be able to do something like that, just handing out the boys' gloves and just wee tiny things. It was really good fun. I enjoyed yeah. myself. Just what I, I needed half, a day away. After walking around behind them, picking them up and giving them, hand them back. No, no, I was, I was handing, I was just handing them the taff and just going, there's such and such as gloves, there's such. And he was right because I, I wouldn't go in the locker room. I was just standing at the door going taff, you know, hand them the gloves. I wouldn't. <laughs> Whereas Kelly and Mark are just like, yeah, we'll, we'll find all like, nah, man, that's right. not for me. Those lads know what they're doing. They know what they're, they're doing. They're good lads. I had a really good I, fun with them. In fact, Big Mark hugged me, and I think he nearly broke two or three ribs when he did it. <laughs> it was good Great to see, to see him. him. Uh, Mr. Kitchen, good to have you back. Hope you're feeling a bit better. You were thrown back into it on uh, on Sunday. I, 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 Dicker was supposed to do the whole thing. Um, and... Literally, with everything that happened, obviously we're going to talk about it, but uh, with everything yeah. that happened, I sort of had to jump back in again and uh, get involved. And and, and my throat was sore Monday morning, but like I've literally I've got a bit of clunk of something here, and once I get that up, I'll be absolutely fine. But Jasmine's got the same sort of thing now as well. She's been coughing for the last four or five days, and there's an awful lot of people about. As as the saying goes, there's something going about, but um, it's a you know good year. Like, if, if you, back, if, back to school, bud. And if you cough it up live on the show, the people here who are watching will be able to see it. That'll be uh, absolutely something it just in the middle of the show. Pop, but, yeah, <laughs> oh, come on, come on! No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Might have to go to no, no, might no, have no. to go to Curry's in the morning, but we won't get to wait and see. 
Ah, lovely. Right, boys, let's um let's get cracking. Uh there's three three uh games just to have a look at before Kieran Long comes to join us for a chat. And we start, of course, last week with the game against Dinamo Pardubice in the cha- in the Champions Hockey League. Um unfortunately prior to face off our fate was somewhat sealed with regards to qualification but that didn't mean that the lads didn't have a bit of pride to play for and certainly they fulfilled that the the goals they came from uh well first of all there were two goals for part of each from martin kraut and jan kolaf before kieran long made it a, it's a 2-1 game we're playing great made a 2-1 game greg prince with the uh the equalizer and like 40 odd seconds later uh, the Giants were ahead 3-2. Um, in nets, Milan Kluczek, Kluczek for uh, part of each 29 shots, three goals against. And for the Belfast Giants, Tyler Descaroni able to make the save. 26 uh, saves, two goals against. Um, but as you can tell, the soundboard's working again. <laughs> um an interesting game, Davey. As, uh, you know, considering, as I said, you know, our fate was sealed. Unfortunately, you know, we finished seventeenth overall uh, in in the lineup, which means that we don't progress. But the Giants went in that game more or less knowing that, um, and come from two 0 down to win three two, a hundred percent home record in the CHL, and an entertaining game. Something to be very proud of that home record this 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 time round. Uh, you know. Not quite maximum points, obviously taking one game to overtime and, and, and the rest. But, um, you know, with a Fesco again, giving us that opportunity to win the game. And even when we're 2-0 down, this team doesn't at the minute know when it's beat. And, you know, call it a character comeback, call it whatever you want. You know, they, they battled away and got that goal that they deserved. And especially, you know, with the talked about constantly you know, over the last number of weeks about, uh, you know, coming up shy on the power play, especially with the extra man and the CHL. Unfortunately, obviously, we can't play the CHL highlights on this show. But when we got one last time we did that. And, and like a bus, the you know they all come at once, and we got two on the same power play using that rule that was brought in this season about the brilliant rule. Brilliant, big fan of that rule. Big fan of that. I don't know what people think. I said I didn't say that. I'm a big fan. We, of that. Uh, but as I say, you we battled away even at two 0 down. We didn't give up, and and you know part of BC probably thought that a two 0 their night was over and. The Giants just a dug in there. They were stuck with the system. I like we just played the same way for sixty minutes as we did, you know, night after night. Not CHL, so it was a it was a pride, you know, it was a pride performance from the Belfast Giants. I liked what we did a lot in the CHL this year. Unfortunately, when you look back, the, the one pumping that we took in Tampere, second game in twenty four hours. If you want to look at it as a as a six, we could have taken something from Luco when they went on and you know finished right up at the top of stands. Could have, should have, maybe taken something in Innsbruck. But at the end, we could have taken three points from the, the, the middle home game as well. So, you know, shutouts, a couple of shutouts from Besco as well. So, look, it is what it is. It's, it's been the, 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 uh, the qualification starts now. That's, you know, there's, there's, you could be very much coulda, shoulda, woulda, says, you know, and, you know do we t- if we take a regulation win at, uh, against Salzburg, we go through. If we win the game in Innsbruck, we go through. Ultimately, though, to have a 100% record. And the game itself was very entertaining. Like, uh, you look at that pass from Aaron Azarian to Greg Prince for the equalising goal, where he, we just he's turning backwards. And he, and he he's be able able to make himself room for the pass. You know the 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 play that we were producing that night was fantastic. I thought we shot part of base to be honest. 
Uh, I, yeah, Czech I, side. I like yourselves. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. We have, we have a really good record against the Czech sides, and especially in the last few years. But that's look. Let's make, make no mistake about this. The Czech league is well above what we are. There's there's no doubt about that on a consistent basis. And the teams that we're playing are top top notch. I mean, they this team went out on the they played here on the Wednesday, but now we're back to play Trinidad on a Friday. And beat them, I think it was 4 0 on Friday. Wow. Trinets came in, started last year and beat us 4 0. Um, so, again, obviously, you know, you're comparing apples and pears to a certain extent, but we played really, really well, as we have been doing for quite a while. We always talk about other teams coming in and how good they are, and, and you know, we have to really up our game to do this or do that. And we did. We really stepped up, and yet the boys need a big pat in the back. I mean, they have played a lot of games already this season. You know, I think it's seven games in the last fifteen days. And make like again, you're losing. Obviously, we lost Tedesco in the last couple of days. We'll, we'll go on to talk about that. Um, Mark Garside's been out. Uh, obviously, we still haven't had Josh Roach back, and 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 you've picked up a few niggles along the way. And there's guys playing who probably shouldn't be playing. But that's hockey. Guys just knuckle down and get stuck in. And, and it's great to see them all wanting to, to be involved. If, see if you're on a losing streak of 13 games, people are hiding. People are stuck in like, oh, here, I can't play. I have, I have, a, I have a, 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 a hair out of place. That's, that's the thing you're up against. But see when you're winning, everybody wants to be involved. And we're very, very lucky in a, in a really good situation. We lost our first three competitive games of the season. Um and you've already touched on it, Paddy. We had a real chance in Luko. Penalties got in the wrong side of us. We got a lesson in Tampere. And that's totally expected because, Davey, as you touched on, two games in two nights. And that's a tough thing to do, especially against a team who's rested and didn't play the night before as Tampere did. And then you go into Innsbruck. And to be honest, we should, if we'd have took our chances in that game, we win and we're through. But we didn't get through, unfortunately. We got three home victories against three very good teams. Adam touched on it in his uh, we, had a, we had a bit of a meeting after the game on Sunday, and Adam touched on it with regards to the group and 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 how proud he is of them with doing so well in such a short period of time, especially being shorthanded. So I, I thought we've been I thought last Wednesday night and again I watched it from home. I was sent home from work. Um, Kelly and Laura just told me to get out. Um, I think it was sort of coughing a wee bit too much and annoying them, so I had to come home and watch it from home. And I thought we did really, really well. And David, you, you just said it a few minutes ago. That is a really proud moment. We, we I know we've laughed and joked about the CHL and we've had the argument about do we play in the CHL or we would rather play in the Continental Cup. <clears throat> and as champions, my my look at it has probably changed in the last couple of years. You want to play okay. against the best teams. And, you know, I, don't, don't get me wrong. I would have really loved to have won the Continental Cup. Standing beside you doing that commentary, I reckon I'd have been over that glass and into the crowd <laughs> if we'd have got that penalty shootout win. But the CHL has sort of grown on me in the last couple of years, and it's something I'd really like to be involved in again next year. Yes, you play a little small part. We all do off the ice. We do little things off the ice. And the fans do a massive part in it as well. And I'm going to be honest, the fans really were unbelievable last Wednesday night. That was a massive crowd on a Wednesday night. Singing their hearts out, everybody in the arena was getting involved, and I'm telling you that definitely helped the boys spur them on. Especially when you get Greg Pence getting that power play goal, and 40 seconds later, Kieran Long scores the winner. The place was unbelievable. So, really, really, really proud of the group for doing what we've done and getting to where we got to. Unfortunately, just a little bit short, 
and moving into the group into the next stage. See, the CHL. What do you think? Right. While you're looking up at the ceiling there for inspiration, I'm all I'm all in. I'm all you're in. All in. Um, you're sold. I was like, I was there's the a, guy. There's a, people, probably, there's a lot of people going. Told you so. Yeah, and and hands up. That's okay. You you mature and you understand things better as you get older. Would I have? Would I love sure. to win? The, the, would I love to win the Continental Cup? Not now, because it would mean we're not in the Champions Hockey League and it means we're not the league champions. So you win this league, it gives you the opportunity to get into that top tier of European hockey. And yes, at the minute, we're probably not going to win it. But you, you, the progression we have made in that competition, which means we progress in so many other areas within our organisation on the ice, our organisation off the ice, and, and what we get out of that in, in the European hockey, the players that we can potentially recruit, which means more progression on the ice the following year, and it's just left foot, right foot, and keep on the march, boys. I'm see, all in. See, I've enjoyed my week, my Continental Cup weekends domestically, in land shoot, all that sort of stuff. I have loved it. You've made the point there, Davey, that is, that is it, that the CHL, being in the CHL means we've won the league. That's it for me. I want to win the league. And therefore, by winning the league, we have to be in the CHL. And I have no qualms about that whatsoever. That's not necessarily the case. Look at Cardiff. Well, they didn't look at Cardiff. They, they, get free, they get freebies all the time. Mate. All sorts of European freebies that they don't they don't qualify for. And they're just like, <laughs> sure, just let Cardiff in. They'll do it again. You're but, welcome. Exactly. Every time. So it's always through us as well. Never get a thank you. Never get a thank you. But uh, but yeah, we'd have to have won the league in order to get into CHL. And that's from my point, and, and that's that's fine by me. More, more so, um, yeah. And the and to have the one hundred percent home record, I think second to none. I think it's something that a feather in the cap. And also, I believe that it's probably a reason why coming the next year CHL. Because remember, we were a challenge league coming to this. We had to be chosen. The league had to be chosen uh, as a chal- as one of the challenge leagues, not an automatic qualifier. I think the Belfast Giants through finishing 17, through what they've bought. You could see from the socials of the CHL that they love the Belfast Giants. So therefore, it's going to probably set up that whoever wins the league, hopefully us, but whoever wins the league is more or less going to get into the CHL next year due to the fact that the Belfast Giants have done so well this year. And I think that's... And, the, we, and the big thing, we finished above Camp here. Not just about to bring you know, that up. When we got beat 6-0 away to, away to home, away to them, you know, a few weeks ago, well, six weeks ago, whatever it was, and uh, you finish above them. That's, like, make no mistake about it. That is an unbelievable achievement. I was speaking to Murph about it the weekend, and and um, and he was saying the same thing. You know, th- this is only good for the EIHL. And, David, do you use a couple of words you said a few seconds ago? You're welcome. But the, the big thing about with the EIHL is, you know, yes, there's no doubt that the league's improved over the years. There's, there's no doubt about that at all. Um, the players are getting better. You know, the club's seem to be getting better with regards to the way the management, and again, they're all following Belfast lead. That's just what we do. Um, but, you know, it, it's really good to see the, the league in such a good spot. You know, hopefully there's a few other things can improve in it over the, the coming months and years. But, um, you know, it, it, it's been really good. It's, I think it's been a phenomenal CHL season for us. I, mean, I, I really, really do. Beating Salzburg at home, beating Part of Beast at home, beating Bolzano at home. It's, it's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. 
Giants finished in 17th place just outside qualification for the next round for the playoff round of the CHL. And that wraps that up. The the, the highlights from uh, from this are all available on the CHL uh, YouTube channel where they talk about Tyler Bescaroni able to make the save. Whoever Tyler Bescaroni is. <laughs> and we move on, gents. Uh, we move on to Saturday evening where um, I got to go to an away game that wasn't just Manchester for the first time in what feels like what, five years with, with the kids growing up. You know how it is when the kids are growing up and just go on to this. Can I jump in then? Go on. Let me, because you two were at the game, let me lead on this and get your view on the on the game, Paddy, because as well, you let say, me it's not let me take, been the away game. Let me, ta- let me take you through the stats first of all, and then, uh, and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Says, But the, uh, it was a 5-3 win for the Belfast Giants. The uh, Giants with an early goal from the returning Johnny Curran, 18 seconds in, and then doubled that advantage with Kieran Long um, a little over two minutes later. Um, Kobe Roth scored the next one, and therefore... It's a 2-1 game. We're playing great. <laughs> Ian McNulty and David Clements were the other two scorers for the Coventry Blaze, while Ben Lake, Greg Prince, and Kieran Long with his second rounded out the five goals for the Belfast Giants. Uh, Tyron Cozen, 27 shots on and five goals against, and you're going to get really bored of this. Tyler Pescaroni able to make the save. 22 shots on, three goals against. Your referees are Tom Perring and Andrew Miller. Mr. Kitchen, please take it away. Yeah, Paddy, obviously, again, you were there with, with Davey, and, and, you know, you obviously had a bird's eye view on the, on the whole game. Obviously, it was a brilliant start. Uh, but what was your view on on the opening uh, stanza? Uh, I'm going to let Davey talk about that because I was three minutes late for the game, so I missed the first two goals. <laughs> um, I was three over three hours early, Paddy. You could have turned up on time. Um, if you run the if you run the video, I'm Paddy, and, and and keep the sound on because I've kept about the first thirty seconds, and it's worth playing on its own just for Eden's <laughs> sake. To the Sky Marina for Johnny Curran, having played a, a good number of years here in Coventry. Did sign in Slovakia, but uh, I don't think things quite worked out for him there. Got picked up by Adam Keefe in the Belfast Giants. And, you know, what a, what an elite league team to come into. There's going to be a long stretch pass that's going to send Curran in. First chance and he scores! What a dream return to the Sky Dome for Johnny Curran. Takes a long stretch pass via the boards. Gets in on Taron Coase and beats him on the back end. And a dream start for Adam Keith's Giants. It was almost destined in the stars that this was going to happen. Johnny Curran picks up that puck, comes in. He's got that stretch pass. He's got behind the defence. The Blaze have stepped up. Um, they, they found the gap behind him. He picks it up and just drags it onto his backhand and flicks it up past Taron Cozen to get the early lead after just 18 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, worth, worth just worth playing that for just for the commentary on it there. I think what's you know they've mentioned the stretch pass a couple of times, but it doesn't get anywhere near enough recognition there. That Jacob Frayne goes back and just puts it back up the half wall, but the speed that Quinn Preston turns and throws that what hundred feet pass probably the the speed that Johnny Curran's identified that we're winning that puck and he shot up the right wing and then to go in and just go forehand backhand. You know, lift it up over Cozen. Absolutely lovely goal. And then the second one, the pass, and, there, and somebody waiting on the wings here to talk about it. We should have just brought him in to talk about that goal there. And then <laughs> threw him back out again. But um, Matt McLeod going around the back. And we had a we jumped with a really good start and with a really strong first period. We controlled most of the play in the first period. We certainly controlled the, the ozone there. Um, bit of a slack second period and we just couldn't get going. We, we just, once they pegged the goal, we're just it was a bit of a... 
it was a bit of a meh period. It was both up and down. It wasn't so much a track meet, but there was a lot of ice and there was a lot of pucks dumped either way. There wasn't much momentum in the game. And it sort of, I think, we, we that getting reset again in that middle period break. I think probably Adam got the team reset there and to come out in the third period. I thought much like the first period, we, t- we controlled the, the, for large periods of the game. And, you know, that, that goal just before, you don't, I don't know whether you have, I'm going to pause it there, Paddy, just before we go on to, to see the other goals. They clear the puck out of the zone, and I think it's Davy Phillips goes over just about the penalty boxes and makes a brilliant play. Mm-hmm. Travis Brown then pops it back in, and Browner goes for the, the high slot, and the pass comes across him, and there's a, like a double screen in Cozen, so there's like one fly screen, and Mark Cooper's back then right on top of him as well. You can't see it, you can't save it, and it's a lovely finish, I think. Probably goes through the five hole from from Laker down, gets just down in there, free shot. But um, that gave us just that wee bit of momentum then to go into the third period and, and go and close the game out. And nice goal then. It's, it's an, is, is there an empty? No, it was only four. It was four one by. I needed an extra goal for the overs. So thanks for that, lads. But uh, <laughs> it was a it was a win nonetheless. And it, look, no more than what was deserved on the the basis of one yeah. full sixty minutes. But certainly for forty minutes, we strongly controlled the game. I think in that. Sorry, go on, go on, sis. No, go ahead, work away. No, I was, I was going to say, like, there's not much more I can add to what Davey said. But from my point of view, you know, we controlled large swathes of that game as I guess we expected to do. There was a point in the second period where we seemed to be at sixes and sevens. We were struggling to clear the zone. We were giving up you know, bad, bad turnovers and they were taking advantage of it and they got their goals and they pulled it back to 2-2. Um, also, you had the chance of Nathan Ripley was getting a bit you know, physical and probably trying to get under the skin of the Belfast Giants and to an extent for some some level it was working you know he's coming up behind players and still putting a stick into their back and you know just trying to get under the skin and and they got a little bit more physical than than you know we've probably faced in a number of teams this so far this season but the Giants basically had to knuckle down and find those goals and they did and you know I look at the at that last period and the um the insurance goal from Longer that sort of put it to 5-3 because you could see that they were on that press and we got that insurance goal and I, I remember looking around the other side of the ice at Taron Cozen who was looking at the bench just shrugging his shoulders he was obviously ready to come off they were one goal they were one goal down he was obviously ready to go and, and that 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 was the end of it 5-3 game over um for me, it was good just to be in a rink again. It was good that wasn't Manchester. You know, to get down, I was absolutely buzzing to get back to an away game to see Davy, to see Taft, to see other boys, and get down to the atmosphere of an away game. A lot of guys in the away end as well, like Andy Key and Nadal and 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 um, Kevin. And you know, it's you know good to see a lot of people out. Good travel support in Coventry for that game as well. But uh, yeah. I think Coventry can take heart from the way they played as well. They came back into the game. They showed a bit of fight and maybe, you know, the next night it didn't go so well for them. But the, the fact that they were still in this game right up until the final couple of minutes is something that Danny Stewart can take away as a real positive from the game. You're, you've interviewed uh, Adam after the game and, and and he was saying with we looked at it a little lethargic and maybe a little bit of fatigue set in. That's totally understandable with the yeah. amount of hockey that would have played so far. Uh, but Davey, when you look at the the overall, again, you get this team who didn't want to go away. They're 2-0 down. They get back to 2-2. We managed to get it back up to 4-2 again. They score for 4-3. They just didn't want to go away. And as you say, Paddy, you know, Danny Stewart was on the show last week. And, and uh, you know, he he sort of always picks up one or two really good players. And that's what it looked like on, on Saturday night as well. 
David. Oh, it's directed me because you just said Patty in the middle of the sentence. Sorry. Um, said, yeah, yeah, look, the, the Coventry players <laughs> will um, will pick, pick up plenty of points in the sky. Though. There's no doubt about that. The third period was cagey enough. I know I've said that we controlled a lot of it. There wasn't an awful lot of shots in the third period. Um, but that then you know, comes on to the quality that the Belfast Giants had in front of that as well. There's a couple of really nice connections. We're getting good good offence from defence as well. You know, you, you've had, I think it was last week in Fife, Sunday night in um, against Clan, which we'll come on to. Travis Brown with those full 175 feet wing drives to then centre pucks and, and guys coming on to it. That third man going high. There's really strong discipline in that team when your D-men are activating their first man into the zone that there's the identity from a, a forward just to drop back yeah. and, and just cover the shop. So I, I really like the performance in terms of getting the, the right result. And as I said, I thought for a, a big swathe of the game, it was well in control. And just for that 10 or 15 minutes where we're under pressure and we had to, we've seen out the storm, so to say, I know it was against the blaze, but we rode the storm and, um, you know, hung in there. When we had to hang in, when we're up against it, we hung in there and then we came, we came again. Absolutely. Right, let's at, get the um... look at the battle there in front. Aaron Azarian is totally underestimated what how much of a bigger role he played in that game. He gets a little touch in the puck coming across from Coops, flicks it into the path of Princey. But he is getting the life beat out of in front of net, and he's battling away to basically try and get that really important goal for the fourth one. Again, you, you hear this. Look at him on the left-hand side of the screen. He's getting battered. In front actually, of that, in the, the first 20 seconds leading up to that, brilliant role actually, well, if, I come, if we come back, let's see if I can wind this back. We had, uh, just another 10 seconds there, we had the analysis the other week of mm. Mark Cooper coming and standing yeah. in the hash marks in the left circle. Look. And well, No, there just hang on. As it comes to longer here, I've, I've just froze it one second too late. There was probably two opportunities earlier in the game for longer. And as I say, let me have to chat about this later on when he's on. That it comes there and he has a one timer. He's of late. He's getting good power play time yeah, right. and there. That's 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 not Longer's goal. I'm not saying that's it's Longer's goal. The power play. Yeah, and who passes oh, it across okay, to him? Then you just throws it. Yeah, who passes Mark it Cooper. there from the Coops? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Coops, we had this, um, and it, it's maybe Sunday night. Then it comes on the same thing. So Coops in this position here, the one timer. And Cozen has to bite on the shot because two times earlier in the game on the power play, he's rolled out there from behind the net, had the open shot, Cozen bites the shot, and we scored two goals exactly the same way at the weekend. The shot back across, the tip, tip in at the back post. So it's something that we've been looking at over the last lot of weeks in the podcast. And you know, It was, it was apparent nice like when oh, that, when I that goal longer, scored. Or is it a set play? You know, it's, it's something yeah, we've scored three, but, four but, goals but, in the last fortnight. But, but on the night when that goal scored, Davey, you know, you're looking back, you know, we both thought we like pointing, like, exactly, look where he is. I turned around, and, and went, there exactly, you go. <laughs> yeah. let's, um, no. let, let's get the views of both, uh, both the coaches for the night. Yeah, no, look, I, I think, yeah, as you said, you can't spot a team like that, two goals, right, right away. But uh, credit to our guys, the fight back was good there. Um, I thought I thought after those first two goals they got, I thought we matched them and, and then some for the for the rest of the game. And, you know, unfortunately, they, they got so much quality there. You just, you make one or two mistakes, it ends up in the back of your net. And, uh, you know, we were pushing there at 4-3 at and then, 
you know, I think I think maybe a bad line change there, and we get caught out, and they get that fifth one, and kind of seals the game. So, um, but you know, they're they're a mature team. You know, I think even though we had some possession, they kind of kept us to the outside there in the third period, and um, it was tough to get inside on them. But uh, all in all, listen, good performance, and uh, you know, we talked about last Sunday being a building block, and I think we added to that tonight. You know, regardless of the the result. Yeah, uh, I thought we got off to a great start, uh, and that probably set us up for success there but uh, second period we looked like we fatigued a little bit and turned over too many pucks and turned the game into a little bit of running gun back and forth and you know that benefited Coventry and um, obviously we give them some life and you know then we scored one there at the end that kind of put us back in the lead you know and then that's a, a bit of an energy buzz kill for them going into the period break there and, um, you know obviously a big power play goal there to, to put us in the lead and and a big insurance goal by Longer. So, you know, I didn't love our second, third period, but uh, we found a way, you know, and this is a tough building to, to find a way in. Uh, you can get the highlights from our good friends on uh, Blaze TV and you get them on YouTube. And before we go on, just uh, uh, well wishes to Scott Finley. He had a life-affecting disease that couldn't bring him to the game to fulfill. Put on this shirt that is behind me. There was a forfeit from the 3 and 3 podcast that I appeared on. He wasn't able to attend. So um, I'll bring it to playoffs, mate. You can wear it then. <laughs> we move on. It's the game against uh, the... Glasgow clan, the final game of the Challenge Cup group stages for the Belfast Giants uh, back home at the SSE Arena. It's another game with five goals for the Belfast Giants and a 5-2 win over the clan. Belfast Giants goals come from Mark Cooper, Greg Prince, Kieran Long once again, Ben Lake and an empty netter from Johnny Kern. Uh, and on the other side, Jake Bolton and Philip Sanch with the goals for the Glasgow clan. Jackson Whistle started the game Unfortunately, he only lasted 10 minutes before having to retire injured. Um, five shots on, no shots against the other. He was replaced by... Tyler Descaroni able to make the save. Uh, 33 shots on, two goals against in the 50 minutes that he played. Jake Kiley, the other side for the Glasgow clan, 32 shots on, four goals against your referees, who no doubt will come up in this discussion, are Andrew Dalton and David Good. Um, says you were there, you were drafted in as soon as Jackson Whistle goes down you're drafted in uh, when Dicko has to go to the bench but a cagey first period overall um, punctuated by that injury to Jackson yeah um, I mean I was laughing at him for the way he sort of dove to get the the initial shot that was coming in I think I I actually was sitting right up behind the bench um, and I sort of seen half the boys all sort of you know, glancing over at him as I go, what was that all about? But it looks like he's caught a groove in the ice and literally just went over on his on his leg, on his ankle. Um, there it is there. It, it's, it was bizarre, but when I seen him getting up, I knew he was hurt, and obviously I wasn't laughing at him then, but um, it, it's, it was a difficult one because as a goaltender, obviously you need your movement, you need to, Make sure you're 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 able to move about your crease there, and as the next play develops, and Mike Pellich, I keep on calling him Matt Pellich, but mm-hmm. Mike Pellich, he knows exactly what he's doing, exactly what he's doing. Hundred percent. If you watch the game, if you watch the play just before it, there's somebody comes to the net here. Oh, you don't see a bit before it. Actually, it's literally winding it back a little bit. But there's a guy that comes to the net. I think it was Hayden. 
who just stops at the post and then 10, 15 seconds later, in comes Mike Pellich and he basically, you know, dives over the top of him. I've seen a lot of clan fans going about Charlie Curdy, you know, bumping into him, but he's a Pellich has been around a long time. He knows how to get out of the way on a little bit of a nudge like that. I would have done it. Exactly. Just to bring just to bring you back to it is hundred percent he makes that play. Like I don't see any like every every team would want that play to be made. You you've seen you know you've seen the, the medic come out to, to Jackson Whistle. He said, "I'm okay, coach. Play on. You're going to test him. You're going to test him on it." Of course you are. And to be honest with you, as I say, if that has been still been playing, I'd have done exactly the same thing. You know, the big mistake to have is we got Jackson Whistle and Matty started really well, and then you're getting replaced with Tyler Beskarl. And so I don't know what he was doing in the first place. Um, but you know, again, you see Jackson there. The weight's been put on him. From Pellet, who's a big boy. Jackson obviously couldn't continue in the game. Massive plaudits to Charlie Curdy. Pellet is a big unit. You know, we've, we've had his brother playing here, but no, how tough he was. And Matt, or Mike Pellet isn't, you know, I don't know how many penalty amounts he had in ECHL, but he's played there a long, long time. He's not afraid to, to drop the gloves. And Charlie Curdy, you know, really stood up for his teammate there and, and just tried to support him. But he made, he made no attempt. To basically get out of, of Jackson Whistle's way, which is exactly the situation he has to. First period, bit choppy. Teams both sort of finding each other out, but a great start to the second period. Troops coming out, getting a really important goal. Um, and then again, we sort of took the control of the game. Uh, you go into the end of the second, sorry, end of the second period, you're 2 0 up. You've got uh, obviously the, the three, five minutes, sorry, two minutes, five on three, which is bizarre on its own. Um, there were some really strange decisions on Saturday, or sorry, Sunday afternoon, and none more so than the goal that was given by Andy Dalton, which the horn had gone a second beforehand. The green light was already on, yet it took him nearly seven minutes to determine if the goal should be allowed. It couldn't have been any more clear that the goal shouldn't have been allowed. And how come it took him that long, I just will never know. It looked like he was trying to convince the other linesmen and the referee, that it was a goal, even though they certainly looked like they were going, no, the horn had gone. I mean, I don't understand. I really don't have the understanding of exactly why it took so long. But, like, again, we could sit and talk about them all night. They're an integral part of the game. But Andy Dalton's going to have better games. Make no mistake about it. I think they're the two main flashpoints. Obviously, you know, Giants taking a five, the five-two win against the Clan. They've rounded out the Challenge Cup with a hundred percent. But that, those two flashpoints, the incident daily with with Jackson Whistle, which, as is the way a modern day communications on Twitter, you've got people shouting about, "Well, why are you play?" Somebody's mentioned that Jackson Whistle's been re-injured, and then it snowballs into, "Then why did you play an injured goalie?" People need to go away, look at the footage, and realize what actually happened. But the, the Charlie Curley has gets plaudits for for as it says for the way that he reacted and doing exactly the same thing. The concern is the lack of consistency because as you said yourself, Davey, you know we had um, what do you call him, Josh Batch step in as you know he sees a play he thinks he sees a, a teammate hurt he steps in to try to help out he doesn't get an instigator penalty and the instigator rule is once again flown round and round of people saying is it being put together right or not i guess as i did say the other day consistency probably for fans consistency also for players they understand what's going to be called on on any given night 
my beef with it, right? If if they're if the EIHL and the officials are going to put out this as an instigator, then call it every single time so players know the score. Look at the 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 letter of the law there. The Giants were going to come away with a two minute penalty. Charlie Curdy, you know, Pellich has landed at his feet. As a D man, somebody steamrolls your goalie. You have no option. The game's still that game where. You know, you steamroll somebody's goalie, your D-man is going to slap you. And that's that's fine. For me, it's not 17 minutes of penalties. I think the referee can have a little bit of enough ambiguity there that he can just call rough. And there's not a punch thrown, really. So five, to give five each, for to get two plus five plus ten, for me, it's just... I compared it to the Bats one the other week where Prince hits... Um, uh, what do you call him? Pet, no, it's Petra... Pedro Nero, correct. Pedro Nero behind the net. And Bats comes from a different postcode to throw several punches in the back of his head. Now, the argument there would be that Bats should probably just have been tossed for the five-plus game for fighting whatever, um, um, an unwilling combatant, right, or whatever you want to do. There's one, we've got Dryden Dye coming on later on. A couple of weeks ago was involved in one where he's led a hip check. I think there's a two-minute penalty coming, and he gets chased around the ice a wee bit. No instigator. So it's just... Players don't know what's going to get called. Fans don't know what's going to get called. And for me, that's not 17 minutes worth of penalties. He's given them a week. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, We've come out of that situation. Our goalie's not stretchered off the ice, but the goalie's helped off the ice, clearly injured. Um, and we've gone on the on the PK. You know, So there has to be referees of a difficult game. They, they called how they say it, I'd like to think. And... But just for me, I'm not. I can't agree that there's 17 months of penalties to come out of that incident. And this is where, sorry, Paddy. This is where I basically I was obviously up at the other side of the rink watching this play. Obviously, Deco had to be then go down and get dressed to go on the ice. And again, there was there was an argument about Deco being allowed onto the bench with the officials. And you know they're saying that he's not allowed on the bench. He's not allowed to play. And if there was a and, and the if there was another injury to Tyler Beskarwani we would have had to put a player in net. So know the bloody rules. The rule is very, very simple. If there's a a player, if there's goaltender hurt, the backup goalie goes in. If you have another goalie in the building, you put him on the bench. It's very, very simple. But have you got that other video? If it had been the other way around for Glasgow, and Glasgow had had two guys hurt, if they'd have been both goalies hurt, Dicko would have basically been able to go onto their bench and help them like. It's as I say, he didn't cover himself ah, in glory, and, and he had a really bad game, in my opinion, on Sunday night. I know it's a tough game, but it's getting to a stage where, you know, it, it's, he's just he's losing. There is any respect that the players and the coaches have. Officials need to work hard and have relationships with coaches and players. They really do. They're the integral part to have this game together, and it's really important that they're there. Have some respect for the players and ref officials. You can see just the hand gestures wishing people away. You've got guys come Kieran Long's got an A in his chest, and he's yeah. one of the most calmest guys coming over to discuss a position with him. And he's getting waved away. It's 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 ridiculous. It really is. So Davey, you've you've had, you've prepared this video just showed the two different scenarios. Listen, I know you can't compare you, we had this with Seth Bennett years ago. You can't. Apples it's very, very difficult. To, uh, you've got to compare apples with apples. Yes. So you're talking about two different incidents, but one of the factors for an instigator penalty is distance travelled. Okay. There, there's also the aggression level and so on and so forth. Like, where's 
so on this one, when it, when you run the replay, Pellet lands at Charlie Curdy's feet. There's no distance yeah. travelled. He's turned round. It happens in front of him. There's an instant reaction. He he, he grabs Pellet and they have a little bit of a a little bit of a cuddle and, and it's all over. I don't think there's a, a punch thrown in anger. The the Watling, what, who was it? Um, from Steelers yeah, a few weeks Sheffield. ago. Watling gets done on the boards. Simpson comes over, cross-checks him, so three or four glove punches in the head. Doesn't take a minor penalty, let alone roughing, let alone instigator. Batches came 50, 60, 70 feet there to throw five punches into the head. No penalty, no instigator. So it's just that consistency that I'm talking about, that players don't know what's going to get called, fans don't know what's going to get called, and referees, unfortunately, are making it difficult for their colleagues because, you know... I'm not sure who's refing that night. It's Cardiff. It's probably Matty Rose, um, which is another discussion going on on Facebook. Should Rosie be just because he's in Cardiff, Dalt just because he's in Belfast? I understand the financial side of that as well. Look, look, just to, to round it out because we're going over and over at the same point, just be consistent. EIHL need to put out, a, I don't mean a statement, EHIL need to, in their referees, WhatsApp or whatever way they control that. You call this every single time. You don't call it. But just a little bit more information would just make it so much easier for everybody involved. I'm going to run this on because we're we're really running over. I'm going to actually bring in our um, our uh, fan agenda guest, um, a man who's won the league, the cup, and the playoffs in both the EPL or the what is it, the English Premier Ice Hockey League and the Elite League. The, we said after the playoffs that he's won the full set. Um, he's probably also a Canterbury Red Devils legend, but who knows? Kieran Long, how you doing, mate? I'm good, lads. How are you? Not too bad, but we're going to sort of put this into the clan game as well. But you know, five goals in three games. Um, yeah. What's the difference, mate? What's what's got you in this rich vein of form? Um, I'm not sure. Well, no, do you know what? I've got I've got um, give props to the boys on my line, um, OC and Mecca. <clears throat> I think they really. Um, Complement my game like very well. Um, you know, they those boys kind of really do a lot of the dirty work, and I can kind of hide and get into good spots, and they they find me. How's the um? How was your take on on how the game the games this weekend went then? Because obviously, you know, we've got the the European game, we had the the league game, and then the cup game, and all of which shows how much this team are in a bit of a role. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Obviously, you know those CHL games are a different gravy. Um, just the hype, even around the whole arena with the fans, it's it's something special to be a part of. And you know, and we we almost qualified, which would have been an incredible achievement for for these boys. Um, but you know, unfortunately, we didn't. But you know, we we said after the game, we can't be upset with it. We just have to keep this train rolling into the weekend. And yeah, Coventry, we weren't great. But we still managed to find a way to win. And like I said, we kept that train rolling. Longer, let's talk a wee bit about what we'll, we'll talk about. Um, consistency, work rate. Whenever you first signed for the Giants, you were coming from Storm, obviously, as a top six player. And we, I think actually you and me talked at, at, in an interview just as you were signing about maybe a slightly different role, maybe top nine, bottom six, whatever way you want to describe that. And having the over a period of time, almost prove yourself, and that's not the right term, but you know what I mean, work, earn your ice time, and now, top six minutes, power play time, penalty kill time, 
and showing, and I don't mean that to be condescending, showing what you can do, what was known what you can do, but getting that consistent opportunity to show it. Yeah, you know, it's it's always nice to be getting the minutes. Um, but, you know, like like I've always said, you know, I came here to win trophies and there's certain ways of winning trophies. You know, not every guy can be, be the go-to guy. Um, there's roles in the whole team that, you know, sometimes you have to play more defensive role, which... I'm I'm more than happy to do. Um, just as long as we're winning trophies each year, it's, I'm happy enough. Yeah, that's it's, yeah, it's okay to say. It. Sorry, sorry, says I know, and it's okay to say that, and that's exactly what you want to hear from a player. But you're allowed to be human as well, and you want you want minutes as well. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like you you do get frustrated when you're not getting the time, but you know, at the same time, you you can't. You don't want to show that frustration because you don't want it yeah. to affect the morale of the boys and stuff. You have to kind of bottle it up, and you know, I, I've come from an era of like you know <clears throat> the rough and tough coaches. <clears throat> Sorry, um, yeah, you know, like a lot of yelling and stuff. Where you know, I've kind you, you have to bottle the stuff up because if you want to play, you, you have to earn your ice time. So, yeah. just from that kind of stuff, I've managed to be able to bottle a lot of stuff up and you, you use that aggression on the ice to your advantage kind of thing. Is he trying to say the keeper doesn't shout? <laughs> oh, no, he definitely shouts, but you, you try and you take that and use that as fuel on the ice. Listen, I want to get away. I mean, I'll talk about the CHL within just a second, but I have to I have to say about Paddy, you've got to put that photograph up with you, whoever it was put it you on. Know do what? I was just, just sorting that out, says use if you read Longer. my mind. Talk us through this, Barnet. Hey, that's ten years ago. <clears throat> that's that's about that. What? Yeah, that's what's that? Manchester Phoenix. Yeah, ten Manchester years ago. Phoenix. Where where can one get a haircut like that? Oh. <laughs> no, oh, no one wants a haircut like that. It's awful. <laughs> so is that not available in the whole fast barbers in Orange Phoenix? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Listen, I never even I have a first... receding hairline there, and I'm already trying to. Cover us. Cover it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, like no comment. I heard some furnace. My, my forehead the mate looks like it's extended know. the whole way to the back of my head. But that, anyway, that, that might um, be it as well. It might be a little bit more aerodynamic. That'll that's be right. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Tell us this. CHL. Um, you've had a couple of opportunities to play in the CHL now, and we got really, really close this year. And I'm sure I, I wasn't there last Wednesday night because it was it was sent home sick, but. I'm sure the mood in the locker room would have felt really disappointed not being able to get so close yet, obviously, so far. Yeah, you know, there's, obviously there's going to be a disappointment. You know, it's it's a lot of hard work to get where we were. Um, but, you know, like, at the same time, you can't let it affect you. You've, you literally have to put it on the back burner instantly. Yeah, maybe feel a bit disappointed the night of the game but next day you kind of have to close that off and you know the cup and well yeah the cup game against Glasgow when it was like last cup game so we had to win that one and you know with the league game and Coventry it's always tough going into Coventry to win so you know we literally had to focus straight away onto the weekend just let me follow that up you touched on the challenge cup there there's an awful lot of talk around the league between fans I haven't heard players or coaches or anything talk about it but an awful lot of talk around the league about this Challenge Cup needs change. Now, Davey and Paddy and I have had a bit of back and forth in our WhatsApp group, and I know you're going to bring it up, Paddy. But what's your thoughts on the current situation with the Challenge Cup? And I, I absolutely understand you've won the last three. 
Um, and I'm sorry, one last two, three and last then four. two before. Yeah. yeah, three. But three last you basically, where where's your view on it? And do you think it needs changed up? Do you think it needs completely done away with? As a player in the league at this moment in time, what ways that stand with you? Um, for me personally, I coming from a UK background, I would like to experience a, a better playoff system. So there's like a, I've discussed with a couple of guys before, like the, the only way you could potentially do that is if you change the format of the cup and kind of use the cup as the Nottingham finals weekend. So the league kind of still has that weekend, if that makes sense. Um, and maybe try and shorten the season up a tiny bit, just so you could have maybe a best of five playoff series, even maybe a best of three, but just to have that more, North American kind of feel to the playoffs because you know four games to win a trophy isn't it still feels good when you win it but you know it's if you don't win it you obviously then have that thing of well yeah congrats you you won four games to win a trophy it doesn't it doesn't feel as earned as that league trophy or even the cup because the cup is a grind as well. I think one of the issues says, and we'll probably come on to it later after we've had all our guests and, and, and let them away. The you know the Challenge Cup for us now, the group stage is finished. It's another six weeks before some of the other groups are finished. It's the last weekend in November before we actually know what the next stage of the Cup's going to be. So there is a little bit of tweaking needs done there. One thing on format, longer is my last question. We talked earlier about, and we're like, we're guys, let's not we're very blessed that we're able even to have these conversations because you're you're talking about a winning mentality then continental cup versus chl whenever we first went into the chl all we'd had over a number of years was continental cup and we were getting the finals and we had that final against Arlan. one of the greatest days we've had following the club even though it turned out into a loss and then you go into chl and we're all very skeptical about it it's it's, it's you know it's above our pay grade we're not going to be able to compete and now night on night with one or our, our three home games. Like I'm we were talking earlier on, I'm all in in the CHL. I want to, that's where I want the club to be because it gives us all progression domestically as well. Were you on at CHL or Continental Cup? Oh, I'm, I'm 100% CHL. Um, and I've had like the boys in the shop will have a discussion every now and then as well because they obviously would like to see like a win in Europe. I could even go in football terms, like Villa... I'm a huge Villa fan. They're in the Europa Conference League. And, you know, if they won it, albeit that it's great, but, you know, it's not the Champions League trophy. So, like, you want to be playing against the best as well. So, I, yeah, I'm CHL 100% all the time. Tell you what, scoring five, you know, five goals in the last three games, you have little one on the way, and Villa are fifth in the league. You're doing all right, mate. Not bad. Not bad, is it? <laughs> um, a couple of final questions just from we asked people on Twitter and the likes just to, to, to dig in with uh, with a few questions. I'll start with one that's obviously an in-joke from a former teammate of yours in, in Tomas Karpov. He says, have you been to Turkey recently? <laughs> obviously, a yeah, Stoke, uh, from he, the Basingstoke Bison days. Yeah, he would. Uh, well, he can't say too much either. He's holding on to his head just as much. He's just lucky he's retired from hockey, so he's not getting <laughs> as much face time. Um, Alan Brett actually if a question from Charlie Brett says how does a hockey player get into hairdressing and have you made a pig's ear of anyone's haircut uh, yes look at the lad. yes <laughs> <laughs> well a few of the boys in the room will, will agree with that yeah um, <laughs> no I 
early on in my like when I first started, yeah, hundred percent, I'd made a pig's ear. But obviously, the boys in the shop won't allow anyone to leave the shop with a bad haircut, so they'll take over and show me what I did wrong. And kind of that's the best way to learn for me as well. It's hands-on kind of thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which one are you pointed at? I like me. Well, tell the truth. You did well, and that's why he ended up the way he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah Steve St- St- one of my main clients as well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, the way I got into it actually was um, I played with Kurt Reynolds in Basingstoke. I don't know if you guys haven't heard of him. He played, I think, in Basingstoke his whole career. So he was yeah. in the Elite League for a bit and then the UPL. Um, but he was a hairdresser. Um, but he would cut the guy's hair and stuff as well. And I saw how kind of successful his business was and kind of was interested from the get-go. And then there's another guy, Jacob Heron, that played in Manchester, Milton Keynes. He then went on to be a barber. He's got his own shop now in Manchester. So it was kind of trying to find something as well that would fit around hockey. And kind of, obviously, hockey's number one. And um, I'm able to kind of abuse those hours. And uh, finally, one from uh, Ruth McCauley, and I just mentioned it. Uh, what are you most looking forward to about being a dad? Um, that's a good question. It's it's terrifying, but it's exciting at the same time, you know. Um, I do you know what I've I I always said I wanted to have a kid whilst I'm still playing. Um, so you know, hopefully, I'm still playing in a couple of years time, so the baby's able to remember dad on the ice kind of thing. That'd be pretty Redact. cool. That brilliant, mate. Well, listen, we really appreciate you joining us and uh, and taking taking the time. Um, best wishes to yourself and Hannah. If we don't see you before this baby comes along, but uh, yep. And thanks for joining us. And good luck this weekend. Thank you very much, guys. Good seeing you. Big thanks to Longer for joining us. And uh, like I say, Rich Vienna form at the minute. He's he, he's scoring for fun, and long may that continue. Um, right, going to batter ahead, gents. Because uh, we've held this this other gent up as well for a bit too long, but we uh, delighted with the two games this weekend against the Dundee Stars. We're joined by the uh, the captain of the Dundee Stars, that is of course Dryden Dow. How are you doing, buddy? Hey there, how are we doing? Doing well. And who's this? Who are oh. these guys? Yeah, we got my two dogs. They're just around right now. So Winston and Greg. <laughs> ah, nice. Yeah. Awesome. The um, appreciate. Sorry for keeping you waiting. We appreciate you joining us. Um. Things aren't going well for the Dundee Stars at this moment in time, are they? I hate to start that way, but you know, one in the last ten, I think it's it, it's tough. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely not the start that we uh, obviously envisioned um, going into the season. We we look at our roster and we feel like we have a pretty deep squad this year. So so yeah, we definitely expected to start a bit better, but I'm hoping things turn around pretty quick here soon. You know, obviously, you know, we had the Challenge Cup game. You're out. I think you're more or less out of the Challenge Cup now. But you, you've come in now as, as captain when um, when Richie went to uh, the Nottingham Panthers. You, you've been in. You're part of the furniture now in Dundee. How much of an honour was it to take the captaincy of the club? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it was a real honour. I think it was three years back there with Omar that I took over captain. So, so that was that was a real honour when he asked me to do that, and then. Ever since, just we've had two new coaches in since then, so so that they both have asked me to take the captaincy role. It's it's been a big honor for me to to take that position, and and yeah, this club it's it was my first pro club, so 
So it means a lot to me, like that they they've had my back through these five years and and supported me through all that. And uh, to be the captain of that team is a huge honor. So, Dreden, it's obviously a tricky situation, as I think Patty put it there at the start with what you are going through at the minute as captain. Linking up with uh, Mark, obviously, as head coach there. We talked to Danny Stewart last week about Coventry having a sort of slow start to the season and just having to almost go back to basics, the work rate, sticking with the process. Is that just what you are doing at the minute? Believe yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I definitely have to get back to the basics. And, and the big thing is just, like you said, there is the work ethic. It's It all starts with that. And, and that's the way you're going to build confidence is just working through it. Um, it's not easy all the time, like when you're going through those dry spells, but to build confidence, it's just goes back to practice and doing all the proper habits and practice and doing the right things there. And that's how you're going to build the confidence going forward. I'm going to half lead you up the garden path here without trying to get you in any trouble. So feel free to say no. I'm going to talk slightly about officiating. I don't know if you were just then at the tail end of the conversation we were having about Charlie Curry incident at the weekend and just my my point on it was about consistency and I'd obviously referenced an incident you were involved in the other week you've dropped a little hip, hip check guys Chase you've been willing enough to drop the gloves that's fine but he's instigated that or you could say that the hip check instigates it in the same way that you could say that the the run on the goalie instigates the Charlie Curry thing just that whole sort of subject around the instigator rule there seems to be so much of a grey area nobody really knows what's going to get called yeah, no, um, definitely tend to agree in that aspect. I think it just depends on on the person at the time. Actually, it's 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 really tough. It's uh, it's a gray area in the game, and it always has been. It doesn't matter where you play that instigator rule, whether whether you started it or whatever it is. I've got instigators in the past where I felt like we were both ready to fight. So. So it's it's a really gray area, and I guess it's it's on the ref's discretion at that point. So at the end of the day, you just got to accept what they decide on. And obviously, no one's ever going to be super thrilled. Either the home team or the away team is never going to be happy. So so one way or the other, they've they've made the wrong call usually. But but no, these guys are these guys are doing their best. So they're they're definitely trying out there. And and I mean, at the end of the day, it's their decision. So. Dryden, I just want to talk to you about the youth sports days. Uh, when you look back at your your college and university days, we've we've been very lucky in Belfast where we have held a, a tournament called the Friendship Four with the NCAA schools. Um, over the last number of years, we've seen a lot more players from youth sports from the NCAA being picked up and coming straight into professional hockey, just like yourself. Um, your first uh, pro club was, which you've mentioned, was Dundee. How much? Of a of a, a carrot is that the dangle to play pro hockey in Europe at an age of 24, 25, 26? Yeah, no, it's it's incredible. Um, honestly, going into that U sport and coming from there to pro, um, it means so much to those organizations, especially to say they have players move on to those pro leagues and. Like it's it's big for those NCAA and U Sport programs because they can say they've grassrooted these players up into up into these pro leagues and and move them along and it helps them recruit and get other good players and what you find in those leagues is is the skill level in those leagues is so underrated uh, people don't appreciate how 
how strong those leagues actually are and the talents and they all think that only the best players go to the NHL and it's, it's really not that easy. So, so yeah, I know that you're able to come over to these teams and in the UK or over in Europe, other places. I know I've had buddies go to France and Austria and, and no, just being able to do that and get those experiences is incredible. And it's, it's a good look on both U sport and CWA. So. Again, it, it, it just seems that the whole way throughout the league, now, as, as there's been a lot of clubs who have really picked up. Especially, again, you, you, I think you're absolutely right with regards to U-sports. I think it's an untapped league that that a lot of other teams in Europe really could be picking players out of. We've been very lucky. We've had Josh Roach, we've had Sam Ruop, uh, just to name a couple, that, you know, who've been hugely successful in Belfast while they've been here. Um, but I, I, I just, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's, I think it's been an, a, a league that we should be picking and we should be looking at more. I know Adam Keefe and Steve Thornton and Jeff Mason, who obviously you played under last year, keep a close eye on that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where it's um, it's a really good league to watch. I I don't want to say I've got a wee black box, but I've got a wee black box that picks up <laughs> U Sports. Um, and uh, I've watched some of the, the college games, University of Calgary, which you you played in last year, uh, not last year, but I watched them last year. And it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a great level, actually. And like you said, it's just untapped. Uh, the amount of fans that you get in those games is actually minimal compared to what you experience over in pro. There's there's teams that are pulling only 200 fans. And, and it's just incredible because you go to some of those junior games and they're getting four or 5,000 people. And then you go to the youth sports and you just don't get the, the attendance. And it's crazy because the amount of skill and amount of talent that moves on to the U sports and it's just guys that are looking to further their education and get degrees and there's a lot of still untapped potential in that league and there's going to be a lot of guys that come into this league in the future from that league that are going to be stars in this league so I want to take you back to 21-22 I think I think you were on the ice you were definitely on the bench but I kind of remember you were on the ice when the uh the hit came in from Jordan Boucher, who played with us, yeah. and Mr. Haas lost his lost his cool. What do you remember about that incident? Um, well, I remember Kyle had a uh, penalty just before, and he wasn't thrilled about the call, if I remember right. So uh, when he came out of the box, we kind of all knew he was going to see a bit of red. And <laughs> just so happened, Mr. Boucher was in the trolley tracks, so... So, yeah, um, I'm going to go on the side of Haas and say it wasn't as dirty as it looked. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, was uh, it definitely was a fiery game, that game. I remember, I think, by the end of the game, we only had 11 players left on the bench or something. So, so yeah, it was uh, quite a testy one, especially for a Challenge Cup game, if I remember right. So. Yeah, we're all three of us are, are, are real big fans of the physical game. I, you know, I know Haas got a – Kyle Haas got an awful – a um, lot of hassle and stuff like I loved this game. I, I know would I like him a team? Yeah, maybe once or twice throughout the season. But um, no, I, th- I thought he, he was very impactful for the Dundee Stars at the time he was here. Yeah, no, he was definitely a guy that uh, you could count on. So he definitely, he was definitely a guy that had your back and would stick up for you if, and let me as a littler guy kind of get away with a few things. So, so yeah, no, he was, uh, he was definitely an impactful player for us and, what people don't realize and is how good he actually was with 
the playing of the game. It wasn't just alone, just being physical and being tough, but he's a really smart and good player. So that was a, that was a big part of our team that we were able to play him in all situations. So it's a, just coming back. It's a really good point you make it says as well, about the U sports side. And you think about, you know, your time at university of Calgary, Elgin Pierce played alongside you, Mitch Cook down in Coventry. He played alongside you. We, we so many players are coming across. But before I get on to my next question, I'm looking at the artwork behind you. Is that Theo Fleury having a shot on Patrick Waugh? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, that's the uh, playoffs, I think, from back in 89. So <laughs> That's enough. Well, you're a, a Calgary native, so uh, yeah, I, I yeah, guess I that's right there. When they won the cup, I guess, so... <laughs> So on that, so when you think about yourself as a player and you think, you, know, you obviously, you know, when you go into your professional career, every player aspires to be somebody. Who do you aspire to be? Um, that's a tough one always. I, I always struggle with that one a bit. But uh, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be like a Scott Niedemeyer. And obviously, he's on a, he's on a different level. Like that's one of the greatest D-men to ever play the game, I think. So... So, but yeah, growing up, just smooth skating, um, willing to jump into the rush, but isn't going to throw away defense at all. So, so that's who I kind of tried to model my game after. But right now, I've got I've got one for you here, and I'm not trying to retire you too soon. You're 31. You're a very young man. Um, you jumped into the EIHL. Our good friend Omar Pasha brought you over to Dundee, whatever, yeah. 2017, 2018. Something played a couple of years. Then the COVID hit year. You come back again, um, pass again, still coach. Mm. Am I right when you came back? And then you've obviously yeah. had Jeff Mason last year and now Mark Lefebvre this year. And, and with Mace and Mark brought you in that assistant coaching role, is that something that you're looking to do post-career? Is this a nice stepping stone? How much are you involved in day-to-day, helping practices? Or what? what's the, what's the role there? Yeah, no, so uh, definitely... Like, it is an interest for me going forward. Like, I want to be involved in the game as long as I can possibly be. Like, I love the game, and and I've played it so long now that, like, I would be remiss not to try and give back. And, like, in whatever way that is, whether coaching professionally or coaching minor hockey, um, I've learned a lot, had so many different coaches and stuff. Like, it is something I'd always want to get give back and uh with the assistant role it hasn't really changed um much because i'm still playing so so the main focus is just on playing hockey um but I, as a captain as an assistant like you still have that role that you're communicating with the coach as much as possible obviously like you're that communication from the coach to the players that sometimes they don't have so you just kind of stay in that role but for the most part it's just focus on hockey right now and try and pile up some wins so and just just a wrap from me patty sorry for keeping us going here um of course theo in the background former belfast giant theo fleury you ever take a, a chance to look back on some of theo's videos from when he played in the ihl he was i think he had 94 points in <laughs> games or something here it was something Incredible. Yeah, I know. He came over in that lockout year, right? So um, I didn't actually see any of his highlights from when he played in the AHL, but but I definitely uh, remember when he played in Calgary there and was lucky enough to live down in the same street as him when I was growing up. So 
So his stop on the Halloween, we'd always get a, a nice player card with an autograph on it. So so nice. that was always a stop on the trick or treat route. But life size? Yeah, just a little one. Yeah. <laughs> there's um, there 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 is videos out there worth worth going back. Like Theo's first night in Belfast, we played the Edinburgh Capitals. He had, I think, he had three goals, four assists, and he fought Freddie Adoya, who yeah. sadly no longer with us. Came in the locker room, went, "Who's our biggest guy?" And went Freddie Adoya, and he went out and you know dropped the gloves know. with him. But I think he scored two goals in his first two shifts. He was just, yeah. and he was like, says I'll tell you at that stage, he was he was a few pounds over the. Over the scales for sure, but uh, like it's just an incredible talent to play in this league. Brilliant. Oh yeah, no, been great for this league. Just uh, based on all all my knowledge of all the fans in this league, they would have loved his style of play. So he was always that agitator, fiery, and had all the skills. So so he would have. Oh definitely man, I was I was in Toronto. I was in Toronto myself. That's what I was going to say. I was I was in Toronto. It was it was January. 15th or something I've woke up and I've gone down and bought the Toronto Sun having my orange juice and, and Theo's on the front page in the Coventry Sky Dome trying to climb out of the penalty box to get into the crowd I was like I phoned home and went just book me tickets for the Sky Dome we're playing there in like three weeks and, yeah, and we went so over he was just he was just a spark plug like every night he was he never took a night off he was unbelievable yeah, sure. Simon from you I'm good man I'm good so, last question. Obviously, two games against the Belfast Giants this weekend, back to back. Both starting off at your place, then back over to ours. You know, you guys are obviously trying to find that spark, and we're coming against up against the the league champions, fresh out of the CHL. Well, how are you approaching this game? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, like we said, we're we're looking for that spark. It's it's been a slower start than we were looking for, and um, it's it's games like that where you're. Going up against the X League champions, you guys are on a bit of a run to start the season. I think still undefeated in the uh, regular season there. So, so yeah, it's definitely motivation to try and knock you guys off. Obviously, like like it's easy to get up for any game against one of the top clubs. So, so definitely, definitely looking looking forward to this weekend, and and we're definitely going to try and bring our best foot forward. Um, Obviously, we need to get back to work this week and practices and stuff and focus on our game more than anything else. And then hopefully we'll be bringing our A game into the weekend. So. Before we let you go, there's Theo Ferry trying to get out of the uh, penalty box in Coventry. He didn't like his trips down there. Dryden, listen, we really appreciate your time. Sorry for keeping you so late. We we do appreciate you joining us and having this chat. And um, while we don't wish you well this weekend, <laughs> we do hope you get out of this slump following that weekend. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Dryden. Big thank thanks. You. Big thanks to Dryden. I really appreciate it. Captain of the other Dundee Stars, really appreciate him taking the time and sitting with us and having that chat. Really, really nice fella. And um, hopefully, you know, after this weekend, the Dundee Stars can find a way to, to get back on because they are having their difficulties at this moment in time. Right, gents, we're going to we're going to batter ahead. Um, I'm going to share. Let me see. I'm going to for those watching. You can. Catch up on the goals of the week while I give you a bit of info of around the league. If I put it up here, there were no 
dops this week. Nothing mm-hmm. as yet. So well done, everybody, and keep your nose clean. Congratulations. No dops coming through. Um, Cardiff have a new goalie. Tyler Wall comes in for Callum Booth, who's moved on. Uh, and with a name like Wall, um, expectations will be high because the jokes will be plentiful if he's not that good. Um in the league competition, there were two wins for Cardiff uh, and victories for Sheffield, Nottingham and Fife, who shut out the Flames. In the Cup, Guildford did get a win over Coventry on Sunday night, um, despite the fact that the previous night they had to drive all the way up to Fife, get battered by Fife, and then <clears> come <throat> all the way back down. Um, but yeah, they, they took that victory over uh, Coventry, so maybe a bit of a turn in fortunes for them. Uh, Nottingham lost again in the most overhyped uh, supposed rivalry in the UK hockey. Um, as we and as we mentioned, Dundee are struggling, and they lost badly to the clan the night before the clan came to us. But a question for you boys, and we've sort of put this to you previously, and I'll start with you. Says um, we've had a month now of action, more or less dominated by football outside of the, the the Champions Hockey League, but more or less dominated by cup action. And maybe this is just me. Maybe this is first world problems, <laughs> but. I don't feel the season's even after a month has caught light yet. We're in a group of four. Is the cup too repetitive? You know, well, again, we, we did touch on it earlier on. I'm sorry, I forgot you were actually about to ask the question, but I don't think so. I mean, and I'm saying that from a jealousy point of view. We've won four of the last five. So yeah. why would we be brassed off with it? I think it's brilliant the way it's set up. Does it need to be a bit of a refresher in it? Do you know what? Things things are good when they're refreshed up, but it doesn't always mean the grass is always greener on the other side. So I, I, I every other club in the league wants a change because they haven't won it and they haven't got that success and they're gurning about not getting, you know, we're getting home advantage. We're getting home advantage because we're the best team. That's it. We won every game that you had to win to get to the top of the group. Now, is that going to be the case this year? Sheffield are in a really good position for getting to the final, and in my opinion, because we played six in our group, if they get eight wins out of eight, my honest opinion is it should go to Sheffield because they've played two more games than we have to yes, get to I agree. that stage, if you know what I mean. And that, that That's me being absolutely honest. Do I want the final held in Belfast again if we get to the final? Absolutely. Of course I do. Why wouldn't you? Am I going to travel if Belfast have to go to Sheffield and we play Sheffield in the final? I'll be there. Don't care if it's a Wednesday night. Don't care if it's a Sunday afternoon. I'll be there for a final. So, you know, if you really want to be there to support your team, you'll be there to support your team. Look how many people turned up last week for part of base. But yeah, but but my point being that the group stages, you know, we we we've had, you know, the clan. We're seeing that okay, Dundee we're seeing again in the league coming up where we've had the clan, Fife, Clan, Fife, Dundee, Fife. I just we've not yes, we will hit a point where we're going to be playing Sheffield. We're going to be playing we've already had Cardiff, but we won't playing Sheffield, Nottingham. The games that sort of get the hackles up, the games that sort of get the excitement going, you know, we're we're a month in this season and maybe it's just me maybe I'm the only one that feels this I just feel that things are a little bit dry at the minute again if you look at our last four games yeah pretty sure I think it's Manchester Cardiff Sheffield Sheffield and our last four league games in the league this season now would you rather play with the greatest respect at the minute Guildford um, Dundee and Fife no, I'd rather have. I mean, I'd rather get to the position where the the level that we're getting. I mean, yes, we've used the CHL 
as another warm-up this year. We've been very lucky to have great preseason games in the CHL. I, I, I honestly, as it sits right now, Paddy, I don't mind playing Dundee. I don't mind playing Glasgow. Don't mind playing Fife to start the season off. I really don't. Do I want to travel to, you know, to Glasgow, and then do I want to have to travel the whole way down to Coventry for argument's sake? If it's a two away games in a weekend, not particularly. But if it if they change it up and they have to go away, and the league decide to do that, then that's fair enough. But again, why would we be upset over something that we're winning? I I just don't get why. People want to, you know, expect us to be pissed off because we've won four of the last five. I just don't get that. Davey, your take? It ain't broke. Don't fix it. You know, um, <laughs> there's there's nothing more certain. And I'll put my absolute um, cards on the table. If the Belfast Giants do go on ahead and win the Challenge Cup this year, for uh, or, or what would how many times in a row would that be? Four of the last five, row. it would be four in a row with it. Um, with Lonsdale belt rules, we would get to keep the cup, but didn't, uh, didn't, uh, what do you call them? Nottingham do that with the old trophy. But that aside, mm-hmm. if, it, if, it, if it's a win again and it, and it follows through that we would host the final even again this year, the rules will get changed. However, are they going to take those four? Two home, two away Sheffield Nottingham games out of their calendar. There's 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 finances at play here too. Yeah. There's lots of reasons for not changing it. Yes, there's lots of reasons for changing it. It's uh it's a topic that has gone on for as long as I've been on the podcast and many years before, and it'll probably be for many years in in advance as well. I can't say I want to change because it's giving us success, it's hanging banners, it's making memories. Those nights in the SSE where we've won those trophies are are ones that'll live long in the memory. On a selfie side, breaking your season in with trips to Fife, trips to Dundee, trips to Glasgow. Easy, not not easy as in you're still a bus trip, you're still a boat trip. The easier of the travel schedule for the boys. Um to get those six games under your belt where you've only got a couple of league games as well. I think we've played three, four in the league and six in the cup where other teams have played heavier in the league and less in the cup, as I said. But the factors at play there were we're still now six weeks away from knowing what quarterfinals might be. We can't factor, Simon and the, the ones at the arena can't factor in when that date's going to be. We don't know who it's going to be against and so on. So that element of it for me, it needs to be the first chunk of the season just needs to be all... All, all, all Challenge Cup for the first, whatever, month of the season, six weeks. Get that out of the way. A pre-Christmas final? Why not? Or a Christmas final? I, I would, why yeah, not? I, See, that's, that's, I think that's a good move. Yeah, I, I um, would definitely be happy. If you could get the whole tournament done by Christmas, I think that would be great. Yeah. But we used there, to, there's we, things we used that to could be done. Hedges Cup. There used to be BMH yeah. Cup that used to that used right. to take place before Christmas. That we're now, now we're going like we're going way back. But then, years you know, but it's the Autumn but Cup. The, you were able you were able to have that sort of trophy handed out before Christmas time, and it it was something mid season that that you know we were able to compete for and kept that sort of momentum of it going. There's the the idea now that we have to, as you say, Davey, that we have to wait till the end of November before the group stage is done. We're done. We're done. We're now waiting to see who we're going to be playing in, in the quarterfinal. It just and I see you. Know, we I put it up there. And I see you. Know, Scott Finley just saying you. Know, we can understand all our team's frustrations. <laughs> Davy obviously can, but yeah, two, call, up, two. call that man oh, ambulance. Yeah, <laughs> Listen, it's what it is. Like we don't pick the, we didn't is, pick the groups. 
No, you're not, that, that, that's exactly the point, David. Yeah. Do you think um, a, a Scottish Coventry fan? Yes, at times. I, at times. Just um, not Saturday night. Not when know, the big teams it, come to town. Yeah, that's literally what I was about to get. Would, it, would Scott Rowley face the Belfast Giants twice or four times in the Challenge Cup? I'm sure as hell think no, because he, ultimately he's going to get beat four times. <laughs> when you talk about playing the big teams, Yes, we we'll want to play the big teams, but believe that down the final. And then obviously you met the Five Flyers last year in the final. So don't you know the Five Flyers qualified from the same group last year? They beat the Sheffield Steelers in the semi-final. Can't remember who they beat in this quarter. I think it might have been Nottingham in the quarterfinal, and they got to the final deservedly, and then get spanked by us. Like like people are saying we're biased. People are saying we're overconfident. I'm not overconfident right this no. minute because we're in the right in the start of the season. At the end of last season, you couldn't have flipping took me out by a sniper from 100 feet. I'd have still been kept going. We were brilliant last year, and we deserve everything we got. Hundred percent. Whether it changes or not, we see. I think it's, it, this is one of these. Uh, I appreciate your input, Jansen. I think this is one of those things that will be always be talked about, especially the Giants are going to do well and a touch wood that they do. But now we finish the group stages and we move on to that. Before um, I move on to just sort of start wrapping things up, we have a little something new I want to bring into. The, it's not often I bring something new into the podcast, but it's uh, but this is something that maybe I'll, I'll I'll bring in, which is I remember when, and it's something that I brought up on Twitter. The other week, and I just feel it's worth bringing it into the podcast. This took place. They bring the video in. This took place on the um, the first of February, oh. twenty seventeen, at the um, at Ice Arena Wales. It was a first leg of a Challenge Cup semi final between the Belfast Giants and, of course, the Cardiff Devils. Um, ultimately, the Giants would win this game five four, but be defeated. In the in the second semi-final, those that are watching on YouTube can see exactly what's happened. The two teams are lining up, enjoying the anthems, and then the player coach of the Belfast Giants decides to do something else. You know it's coming, and when it does happen, it just every single time it breaks me. He goes, Derek, Derek, Derek. As Derek Walser breaks the line, just as the booze, wait for the booze. The player coach of the Belfast Giants, Derek Walser, skating during the anthem behind his own net. And well, Derek Walser there, um, deciding to skate around while the anthem was going on. And he has not endeared himself to this crowd at all with that act. I don't not to start this one. We're going to watch a fantastic game of hockey coming up here, and I don't want to start this one in a in a sour way. That is a disgraceful move from Derek Walzer. I've got a lot of respect for as a player, as a coach. But Gaz, he's given him ten minutes. So, I think. I've got to start with you, Davey. What are your memories of that? Ten-minute penalty to start. Ten-minute penalty from Dean Smith. Uh, just that—that that was. Oh. I don't know that that's in the rule book to give that as a misconduct. I don't know. But um, listen. And Furnace Dean is Welsh. I, yeah, I still can't believe that this was accidental. And I want to believe it was. <laughs> I, I want to believe that he thought it was coming to an end because it is quite a, a drawn out, um, like, not Welsh, but love that anthem. It's, it's a bubbly one. It's one that would get you going if you were Welsh. But. And yes, it comes across as very disrespectful. And yes, it cost him £60 for a bouquet of flowers the next time he was there. So he did apologise. 
He did give the guard a bunch of flowers. He was apologetic. He just liked doing that wee toe picker, that wee punch into the into the central top before he went. And I think there's a Cardiff Devil player at the same time uh, in that season did the same thing. And I don't know whether Derek was I'm getting there first kind of thing. But um, yeah, he goes a wee bit early there. Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. Like, let's, let's be fair. It is disrespectful. It's absolutely disrespectful. I'm not a big fan of anthems before domestic games. I'm holding my hands up. Not a big fan of it. I think it's an international thing. But it, we are where we are. That's disrespectful. I understand exactly why the Cardiff fans were apoplectic. A lot of them were very angry with what had happened. That's fair enough. Time's <laughs> gone on. You can look back and you can laugh at it. I think it's accidental. I think that Derek Walser, you know, just maybe... He's not, you know, we know we're talking about Derek Walser, but, you know, I think he's made a, he's made a mistake there. But when I look back at it, it's just says it's still, still unbelievable to think that actually happened. Listen, I spoke to him a couple of days after that, maybe a day after that. Um, and he told me he thought it was literally the last line of the anthem. He thought the anthem was over. He certainly didn't mean any disrespect to it. Yes, I mean, it, I agree with Dave. I don't think that's in the rule book that basically hand out somebody for disrespecting or he did disrespect it, but he genuinely thought that the anthem was <laughs> finishing on that at the end of that line. And I, I agree with Davey. I absolutely love the national anthem for Wales. I think it's unbelievable, especially I was watching. I don't watch rugby. I, I, I just don't get it. But for some reason, I started to watch the rugby world cup this year and I watched quite a few games. And I watched the the wheels, the one of the wheels games and the anthem at the start when there's I don't know, thirty five thousand people in the stadium, and 30, 30 or forty percent of them are blasting out the uh, the anthem for wheels. It's absolutely unbelievable, and the hair stand up on your neck and your arms are the goose pimples are hanging out of it. It's the same with the Scottish one as well. You know the Flora um, Scotland. Uh, Scotland. I love that as well, but it's uh, they're just so passionate about it. And uh, then again, I spoke to. Uh, Wally after that and he, he genuinely thought that it was over he thought it was the last line and if you watch the video there is another Cardiff player who leaves the line from this side of the wall yeah. before the last line is finished But actually I think it might be before the like, start the guard starts singing the last line so if you watch that I don't know if you can fast forward a little bit there Paddy well, but if you watch it forward there's a guy down here at the bottom right hand corner oh, there he is, is. They're still singing. They're still singing. He skates across the line. A, so, a lot of players and a lot of players in the anthem go in the last sort of three, buzzer. four seconds of it. Yeah, you know. But Derek was away, maybe four or five seconds too early. One of those entertaining things for me. It's like, and they say, I know a lot of Cardiff fans were upset. Oh, Jans went. I say Jans won that game five four. Ultimately, we're, yep. we're more or less pounded when we got went back to um, we went back to Belfast. We got I think we it was a four one or five one when we got back yeah. to the second leg and Cardiff went on to win the league and and the cup that year. But as a as a little bit of just a little bit of Jans history or funny Jans history, I'll, I'll pick out bits and pieces like that maybe in the coming weeks. If you have any bits of Jans history that you think we might be able to search out and stick up for the second then get in touch at AVFTB on Twitter or on um, or on Facebook or uh, podcast at kingdomofthejazz.com. Two games this weekend. We spoke about them. Stars against the Giants, Saturday at 7pm over at the Dundee Ice Arena. You can get that on Stars TV and then back to the SSE Arena on Sunday at 4pm for the game, uh, for the home game. Both those games are in the league. Sunday 4pm at the SSE Arena. If you can't get down to that, um, Giants TV. Some big crowds as well. So it's, I thought that the crowds, the, the last couple of games have been, especially the midweek ones, astounding. 
it's unbelievable. The, the fans have been brilliant this year. Um, the profile of the club, the success that we've had in the last couple of years, it's, you know, we're, we're, we've broke all records with regards to season tickets. We're, we're going to break records if we keep going the way we're going for crowds again this year. I think we're probably going to be sold out on Sunday. Um, they're putting the extra seats in um, in the nope. East End um, for Sunday's game. Um, it, 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 because there's a gig on on the Friday night, they don't have the time to put the sorry, let me rephrase that. They're putting the seats in, in the West End. They can't put the seats in, in the East End because there's a gig on the Friday night and they can't get it signed off before the game on Sunday. But um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be sold out on Sunday. We're very, very close to selling out. So if you are wanting to go, you need to get in now and get your tickets um, because there's not many left. But uh, look, it, it's it's a testament to, to the boys on the ice. You know, everything we do off the ice and we try and, you know, get as much exposure as possible through the marketing team and through everything that we do. But ultimately, it's about what the boys do on the ice. And if they keep winning, their people are going to keep coming. It's it. There's like we always talk about the things like you know, you know, fights bring in people, this, that, and the other different approaches. What brings people through the door is a winning team. And thankfully, yeah. at this moment in time, as we always say, this will not last forever, folks. Get yourself down there, get yourself to the SSE Arena, watch this team play, watch this team hopefully win this weekend. Stars away on Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Dundee Ice Arena. You get that in Stars TV, 7 p.m. And then back on Sunday, as, as Simon has said, tickets are selling fast. Giants against the Stars, Sunday at 4 p.m., SSE Arena. And if you don't get a ticket, Mr. Kitchen will take you through it on Giants TV. Any other business, my friends? I have quite a bit. Um, Put my feet up. Yeah, put your feet up. So uh, this weekend's game, uh, we have um, the Monster Dash uh, happening, which is Mm -hmm. on uh, half past two until I think it's quarter to four, which is going to be in the foyer. Uh, Robert Fitzpatrick and Paul McMahon are going to be doing a cycle on the static bikes, obviously. Um, and there's a couple of um, uh, a couple of guests who are going to be joining them for that part of it. It's then moving up onto the bridge at quarter to four. They're doing bucket collections. There, there's a QR code which will be on the screens throughout the night. Um, and the Odyssey, it's obviously for raising money for the Odyssey Trust to help get Blake to Boston. So uh, please, 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 uh, if you can. Uh, give a little, give a lot, whatever you can, uh, whatever you can donate. We very much, very grateful. Uh, and as I say, Robert uh, and Paul will be. I think they're planning to do forty miles. Um, yeah, I said this. So forty miles. I, Robert can do more than forty miles. It's unbelievable. Like, you put up I'm, not you, I'm not teaching. Oh, like you can have that discussion with him. <laughs> I think forty miles is plenty for him. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're moving up there. But that, that's looking forward to that. Um, Another thing that's happened on Sunday, Jackie Gendron, which is my Gendron wife, um, has been making a, a big impact on TikTok. I don't know if you follow her on TikTok. Um, some of her videos have been fantastic, and they've got quite a lot of views. The one with... Go on, Davey. Uh, you know you're on TikTok. Come on. Davey, you <laughs> love TikTok. It's hilarious, <laughs> mate. I should maybe get a TikTok, but like... You should. It's, honestly, some of the videos on are just brilliant. But anyway, uh, Jackie, I think she's got something like 28,000 more followers since she came to Northern Ireland. Um, her content's really, really good. Um, some of the videos she puts on are really informative and and have made an impact. And one of them that she put on a few weeks ago was um, about the height of the benches on the home team and the away team. Um, and as soon as, uh, as soon as Red Bull Salzburg came into the arena last week, the first thing that they did was go to the bench to see how low the bench was so 
if you if you go and listen, look their TikTok, she gives you information about exactly why the benches are lower on the away team than what they are at home. Um, it's all about the um, the science of the game, um, and it's definitely worth watching if you haven't watched it before. Uh, and Salzburg redone the benches to make them higher for their team on the day, so, so they brought the people in. Up. They they wanted us to basically go to B and Q and buy all the stuff. It's not our job. Um, but they went and they changed it around and they made whatever they had to do to get their benches up a bit. And uh, it was it was hilarious to watch. But anyway, Jackie um, uh, has come up with the idea about making friendship bracelets. bracelets sorry. So they're going to be doing that on the bridge at 3 o'clock um, when the doors open to the normal public until just before face-off. And then she's going to be back between uh, first and second period and second and third period. It's three pound a bracelet. You can make your own. Sit down with the, the kids and and, and uh, Jackie and I think I'm probably pretty sure they're going to have the other crowd friends and wives involved in it as well. So again, Jackie's raising that uh, those funds for charity as well, and part of it's going to Blake, and, and that's fantastic. So massive thanks to Jackie for doing that. OSC put together uh, the boys have uh, we all know the boys have been working their tail off over the last number of weeks and months. Um, and normally at the start of the season we try and do a team building trip to get them away. Um, the official supporters club um, basically paid for a trip to the North Coast yesterday for the boys. Uh, they had uh, a great meal in, in the Harbour Bar in Port Rush. The, I just wanted to say a massive, massive thank you to Julie and Laura and Andy um, at the uh, Bushmills Distillery. The guys got a tour at Bushmills Distillery, managed to get a little drama or two or three or four. Um, oh, well, and, uh, I, 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 longer seemed a bit sheepish. Was he all right yesterday? Longer was no longer couldn't make it. He did oh, the prior arrangement okay. with with Hannah, so uh, he couldn't make it. But yeah, I'll let him know that you think he was a bit sheepish, Paddy. Um, <laughs> if you think he was sheepish, you would have seen one or two of the other boys this morning. Um, <laughs> but they all turned up for for an off ice day today, and they were all, um, yeah, they were all there. Um, but uh, massive, massive thanks to Bush Mills Distillery for hosting us. It was it was absolutely brilliant. I didn't realize. I know Bushmills is obviously a worldwide name, but they're exporting like ten million bottles a year mm. um, from from that little facility on the north coast. It's it's absolutely insane. It's huge. Um, huge. Also, massive thanks to Dermot and his team at Freedom's Bar in Swatra. Uh, we ended up there on uh, last night. Boys, again, watch the Spurs match go top of the league. No, I'm not, that's all I'm saying on that. And um, I was trying to you educate. Love, oh, you love big hands now, do you? Says Aunt, love big the big hands Love oh, a bit of orange ball. Oh, so we're trying to educate Charlie Curdy on. Obviously, he's a new Spurs fan, so well done, Charlie. <laughs> um, and last but not least, Adam McGrath is doing a fundraiser as well. Go fund me, page. So um, young Adam, he's been around the Giants for a long, long time as well. So if you go to Adam's Twitter page, you can if you can help out again, a little or a lot, it would be very, very much appreciated. And that's me, David. It's all Charlie, 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 isn't it? Um, yeah. And we're very, very fortunate on AVFTB that over the years we've been able to help. I had a message. Um, he, I've asked him to put it in the comments, but he hasn't. Daryl Moore ugh, waxed his legs on oh, Saturday night. Legs. I don't know. Oh, oh yes, yeah, scroll oh, down. Oh, 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 oh scroll ah, back up. Um, ah, I don't know what's. I don't know. I don't know what's worse. Um, so Daryl waxed his legs for. Um, to help raise money for McMillan cancer. Um, if you. Follow Daryl. I can't get it up from my phone on onto the screen, but um, 
if you follow Mo, his wife, if you go on the, her Facebook page or maybe Daryl's Facebook page, there's a link and they're, they're collecting money for Macmillan Cancer. Uh, another fantastic cause. You know, we're, we're, we're um, never, you can't say enough about the Macmillan nurses. I really can't. I've been unfortunate that I've had to use them in my lifetime and yeah. hope, never, hope I never have to again, but I hope that they're there for other people and like great, great cause. Great. Well done for that. I'm sure that was quite sore. Um, only wee small legs, so it's not that bad. But um, have you ever had yeah. your legs waxed? Why would I? I did it for charity years and years ago. It is painful. I yeah, mean, there's, there's know, two things. Says two things. The shirt of shame that Scott Finley, that Scott Finley's obviously reneged on. But the shirt is the shirt of shame. Wearing a shirt of an opposition team to raise money and waxing my body. There's other ways to make money. All right, that's all I'm yeah, saying. There's John, other ways to raise no, money. I, There's I two that I'll not be I doing. Once, I was once asked to wear a Manchester United shirt as part of the whole thing, the shirt of shame. Instead, I ran a half marathon. I'm not wearing a Manchester United shirt. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. There's not that's a figure. Weird. There's not a figure that would get me to put a Nottingham Panthers shirt on, for example. There's not a figure. 10 million wouldn't do it. There's not a figure. Listen, if you have let me finish. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> I, I wasn't the one I wasn't the one who was supposed to do it. It was it was this is twenty at least twenty six, twenty seven years ago. And I was only about six. Um the uh no, it was about twenty five, twenty six years ago. The team were playing it was Cast Ray Flames and there was yeah. uh, one of the guys that was basically supposed to get his legs waxed, he disappeared. Don't know where he went to. I think he went back to Canada at that point. And they needed somebody to step up literally at the last minute. And I said, right, okay, I'll do it. I will never do it again. I know <laughs> I know that the fur sex basically say about, you know, waxing legs and bits and stuff like that. And this don't you know, they don't they don't bits. basically make a big bits. deal about it. Let me tell you something. It is agony. Mate, Absolutely. Tell agony. me about it. My my good lady wife just decides, you know, you've got a bit of hair there or a bit of hair here or a bit of hair over here. She gets the tweezers and boom, I'm like, ah! So not Jasmine thinks it's a hobby. When you get older, and I, I know we've got younger people watching this, but see, when you get older, you get her coming out of places you didn't I think I've got hers in the palm of my hands right now. Ears are unbelievable. Nostrils <laughs> is just ridiculous. But see all this stuff that comes out of wherever it comes out of? Jasmine thinks it's a hobby just to... <laughs> Yank him out for the crack. You're listening to a view from the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Well done to Dan. Dan Well done on getting those legs waxed. Though there's still a bit of hair there, mate, so I think you need to go back and get them redone. Uh, (coughs) Have you ever ever been to a Turkish barber? If you go to a Turkish barber, they'll wax your nose, they'll wax your ears. It's not as bad. I mean, it's a shock. The first time you get it done is a shock. When they do the second, but don't do it at the same time. But when they do the second one, it's not so bad. But I mean, it's is this something sure. that they is this something they uh, they they offer at Whole Fast when you yeah. go to get your well, he's no, <laughs> he just he makes a mess of your hair, and then you've got to go you've got to go over to Big Adam and to fix it. But uh, in the <laughs> furnace, it's our you know, longer's doing a great job. You know, I'll just have to. Hang on. That. There we go. I'm going to get on the me do me a Christmas. That's it. So, um, I, we've got a Turkish. There's a Turkish barber in Long Aston, but he's really racist. Every time I go in, he goes, "Ah, it's the Irish man." Going, All right, Mister Greek. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see what the. Uh, I don't see. Was, was it this part of this this episode of AVFTV is brought to you by Manscaped? Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to get on the phone to them. Was that is that, you, uh, 
tea with me. Use the code, with, uh, use the code tea with me for twenty or mud blood for twenty percent off. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Tell them we sent right, you. Gents, Tell them AVFTV sent you. Let's things up. Two games for the Belfast Giants, as we said, away to the Stars on Saturday, 7 p.m. Uh, at the DIA, and you get that on Stars TV. And then get your tickets because they're running out fast for Sunday at 4 p.m. at the SSE Arena where the Stars come back to us. And if you don't get down there, Giants TV with Mr. Kitchen. Uh, big thanks to Kieran Long and to Dryden Dow for uh, taking time to join us on this week's show. Big thanks to everybody. Loads of comments coming through. Thanks to everybody who joined us live, sent comments through. Really appreciate everybody who takes the time to join us live and download the show. We have really some really good engagement both on YouTube, Facebook, on Twitter. Really appreciate it. Keep it coming. Um, we do this show for you guys, so we really appreciate what we hear from you. Um, big thanks to Mr. Kitchen and Mr. Majimsey. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you getting getting a bit better there, says nothing was coughed up. So that's that's a positive. That's a positive. <laughs> you get us at AVFTV on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Um, Facebook, you can get us Instagram, podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com, kingdomofthegiants.com, website, and all that sort of usual nonsense. We'll be back with you next week, but wherever you enjoy your hockey this week, Sorry, wherever you're watching your hockey this week, we hope you enjoy it. We'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.